0: This deal needs to change my life. People are asking the wrong questions and then wondering why they're barking up the wrong tree. You are not going to be able to outwork someone who's on purpose.
1: It's that fear of just completely pivoting into chasing your dream and there is a safety that comes with getting a job. I
0: just stood there and I I felt the emptiest I've ever felt in my entire life and this is something that I'd always told myself was my dream so I went on godaddy.com, I typed in content removal, on removal.com came up there $550 two months I had a business that was doing over $400,000 Australian dollars a year in revenue from free clients I'm not signing one hundred thirty-two dollars a year deals on the back of Facebook ads or Google ads, that's not where your clients are 99% of you this should not have a podcast it's not your best medium of communication it's not the thing that's going to light you up, it's not something you can do every day for the rest of your life and never take a day if it's not that to you, then forget about it. I don't want to ever take an hour of someone's time and not give them insights into how they can improve. I feel like there's a whole new level that I need to scale to that I need to get to. And I'm just trying to look for the key that unlocks the door.
1: Welcome to another episode of She's Taking Over the Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have a very exciting guest for you all today. Frankie Lee, the founder of ContentRemoval.com and the Frankie Lee podcast. Welcome to the show.
0: Welcome to, welcome to Peabra. Welcome to Cambridge here. How are you enjoying it?
1: Thank you for having me in your house. I'm loving the English countryside. It was definitely great to get out of London for a day and I'm happy that we can finally do this and you can be a guest on She's Taking Over. So thank you. Um, yeah, for having us. Tell me, for people who don't know you, give us a little bit of a rundown of, uh, give us a little bit of a rundown of who you are.
0: Well, I suppose, let's let's, let's take it back. Um, I, I left the UK back in 2014 to come to Australia. I was just a carpenter and joiner by trade. And coming to Australia changed my life. You know, I got I got out of work swapping time for money. And, I, you know, I've had, I've had a boxing gym in Australia. I've done sales. I eventually got into my own online business and built contentremover.com. And then stepped into podcasting later on along my journey as well. It's been a real wild, exciting like the depth of learning and knowledge that I've picked up along doing so many multifacets of different work and yeah. work and meeting different people. It's just, it's just been a whole, I know I hate the word, but it's just been a whole journey in itself the last 10 years. Like it's just really been, really been powerful.
1: So you started in carpentry and then went into uh, content removal.com. Well,
0: No, no, this is, this is what a lot of people think. You see, I, I, I went to Australia as a carpenter and joiner and, and, and used that to get residency and was, okay. and was shop fitting, was doing like all the luxury shops like Lou Vuitton, Gavonchi, um, the Tiffany shops, fitting out all the, all the Zara's across Australia. And I, and when I was doing that, I, I stacked some cash and was able to to get my 189 permanent residency visa through, through doing that and through doing the work that needed to be done because obviously the country needed me. So mm-hmm. um, you, you class as skilled labor, so I did, I did that. Then I used some of the money that I'd made to set up my, my dream, the per, my purpose of going to Australia because I was a professional boxing trainer as well on the side. I wanted to have this boxing gym in the Gold Coast. I called it Frankie Knuckles. I set it up, I kicked it out. Just a double garage unit, but to me, it was everything to me because it, it was my dream, you know. But when I was training people one to one and trying to scale this business, I couldn't. I couldn't get past a few thousand dollars a week because I was capped. I was capped by hours. I was capped by the fact that my clients only wanted to train between this certain time of the day, which was like you know six to nine a.m. and then that everyone wants to train between like five and eight p.m. at night and in the middle of the day, I was just, I was just. Not, not earning money so you, you, get, you get quickly capped out in that industry and I had a client who's who's who, who I thought I was training him for fat loss but what happened was he was a successful businessman he came into my gym his name was James and he did here's where another pivot in my life came because he was actually mentoring me he got me started to read and think and grow rich and you know um, how to win friends influence people and started to tell teach me about you know if I wanted to free myself out of this time for money equation I've got to learn sales and stuff like that and over that evolvement I realized that the vehicle I was in aka the boxing gym wasn't the vehicle that was going to take me to do what I wanted to do in this world and that hurt me because I had put my heart and soul into chasing this mission of having this boxing gym for working at world title level for doing this for doing that but then had to realize that my ladder was lent against the wrong wall that was a painful painful moment that mm-hmm. I think a lot of men a lot of women have to go through that moment where they have to kind of divorce themselves mm-hmm. from the idea that they think is their thing and go and do something else and I went into sales and I was successful I worked for a couple of marketing companies and became top sales guy um, and then from the lessons I learned within that I, I kind of serendipitously fell into contentremover.com.
1: Wow, what a journey and where to start from there. So with Frankie Knuckles, I love the name, well done with with that branding and obviously creating a business that is a vessel for you to have your own freedom as as a founder, as a boss essentially. I'm curious to know why you started that business before you worked out that it wasn't your thing what was the underlying sort of purpose that that business was allowing allowing you to achieve, or you hoped it would allow you to achieve? achieve?
0: Well, I, I was I was in a phase of my life where um, I'd been around boxing for since my younger days, obviously, and I realised I wasn't good enough to achieve the highest level in boxing and as a, as a, as a fight of myself. So I'd gone into the professional. I, got, I was one of the youngest licensed British professional boxing trainers of the time, right. But I realized later on that I was doing that because I was attached to the ego of what people thought of me by doing that. And I hadn't realized this at the time. So building the boxing gym and all that, it's, I'd attached myself to the identity as, frankly, the professional boxing trainer. So I'd built that predicate off my ladder being lent against the, the wall that wasn't right for me. I hadn't worked that out at that time of my life. I think I was like 26, 27. I was still learning a lot about who I am as a man. Struggling to come to terms with the fact that I couldn't be a professional boxer at the level I wanted to be, so it's like well, if you're struggling with that and you're having a, an identity crisis with that, you do something else to try and make up for it and it, it was like I was trying to prove to the world that I was good enough in this in the boxing mm-hmm. thing so where it came to a head for me was the fact of I had James teaching me this stuff in the gym, and then I got a call from some from someone I'd always worked with called Frank Greaves, and he said uh, Gary's going in for a world title against Jeff Horn." we want you in the corner for the fight and we want you in the training camp. So this was my, as a trainer, this is like my world my, my world title fight. So I've been working for this. I've been training pros for like five years now at this point. And now I've got this world title fight that I can be involved with, be in the corner of. And we're in the change room before the fight and we're wrapping the hands and I go in and see Jeff Horn and Jeff Horn's getting his hands wrapped and I'm watching him get his hands wrapped. And I just felt in that moment that something's not right here. Like I don't feel like in love with this. But anyway, we're here and this is this was my dream, right? And we're walking out and, you know, Michael Buffer's um, announcing the fighters out to walk to the ring. And obviously we've got to walk first. So we walk into the empty boxing ring in front of 15,000 fans at Brisbane. It's called the Battle of Brisbane. We walk into that environment and Michael Buffer's like announcing the fighters now. And now we're both in the ring. But on that walkout when he's announcing Gary and we're walking in, I'm just like feeling very like this is not why I expected it to be. When we get in the ring and Michael Buffer says, um, he's announced both fighters and then he goes on the mic and he says, let's get ready to rumble in his iconic saying. I looked out to the crowd and it was like there was no noise for me. There was nothing. There was no, there was no soul left in this. I, I, I just stood there and I, I felt the emptiest I've ever felt in my entire life. And this is something that I'd always told myself was my dream.
1: I really want to explore that. That's so powerful that you have that moment of realization at a time where you should be at the pinnacle of pride because you've secured an opportunity to work with the best, to be the best or positioned as the best, and it just didn't light you on fire anymore. And I was having a chat with a client who's a coach, and he just said to me, Sometimes I wake up and ask myself if I even want to do this anymore. And I said, well, why do you keep doing it? And it's that fear of just completely pivoting into chasing your dream. And there is a safety that comes with getting a job, which you you took with the sales role. But then you went into a second business. And I'm really keen to learn what your thought process was when you – that job, that sales role was obviously temporary but taught you great skills – How did you come up with the idea of contentremoval.com?
0: So I was working in reputation management for another company and I went there to really carve out my name as a sales guy. And to put it into context, the sales guys at the business when I went there were doing uh, 40 grand a month between like three of them in sales. And when I went there, um, I, I did like 40, 50 grand in my first month on my own. And then I realized... Hold on a minute. If I want to really send it, I need to create my own leads because I can't. I can't just deal with your cold and warm leads. I've got to create my own leads because I reckon we have got to go to the higher, the higher part of the market. So I'd, I'd, I, and I'd only learnt sales. The only way I learnt sales was watching um, Jordan Belford's straight line selling a, a, a course that I pirate copied off off the internet. That my mate. That that. so my so I, I literally watched that and learned sales over a weekend and that was it that was my apprenticeship that's it and then I just got through by now by by using by using my my passion my accent everything I had at my disposal to just get better at the art of selling and when I was I realized that you gotta you in order for me to get higher clips of the ticket for my sales role I needed to sign bigger deals so I started to approach like the queensland government and and start selling deals to different different entities like this kind of these kind of entities right and they, this was selling for the business this that was this, this, this was this was, this was selling reputation management for them yeah. so we, we, we were working for different clients and uh, people that big big brands of businesses and and then i thought there's a there's a market in this like celebrity female looking after their reputations online that kind of space yeah, because so men don't have to. <laughs> so, so, so because obviously they get targeted, right? Women yeah. get targeted online. So I thought there's a, there's a, and I only want to talk to the top in the town. So I made a list uh, in my own time of these, of all these influencers at the time that I thought if I sign these girls on six figures a year retainers with this business, I'm going to be clipping tens and twenty grand clips rather than this. Um, so I started to started to actively reach out to that. I, by this point, I've got now to where I'm selling 150 grand in reputation management a month. The other team over here are still only selling 40 or 50. So wow. I'm I'm out earning three other sales guys in this role. So I, I thought, but here was my problem. My problem was I was getting paid this money, but I was getting smashed by tax because I, I realised then, hold on a minute, I'm in the wrong boat here. I'm I'm an employee, so I need equity. So I go to the owner, I said, let's have a meeting. So I had a meeting, and I presented him with a plan that I wanted to have 5% equity of this business, right? Because I had no sales contract. I had no contracts. So I had no non-compete, none of that, none of that crap. Mm-hmm. So, because I'd never signed one because I didn't, I didn't like, didn't like the idea of that. I just wanted to prove myself first. The, the, we, we went down that process and they came back with a minute offer. That they were going to offer me like 0.5% earning after I'd done another two years or something I found insulting. So I quit, but I'd already started contacting these, these um, women and, and, but I'd not heard anything back. So on my gardening leave while I'm on the beach, I get a call from this head of PR from this from this firm. And she's talking to me about reputation management because I'd reached out about reputation management. And as we're talking, she said to me on the phone, it's a pivotal moment in my life. She said to me, Frankie, I get what you're saying about reputation management. But isn't that like a plumber pushing, pushing shit down in the toilet? Like because she was South African. so She said to me, isn't that like a plumber pushing shit down in the toilet and it coming back up? why can't we just remove the content? And I went, what do you mean, content removal? She goes, yeah, content removal. And I was like, so you're telling me if I could figure out a way that we can remove the content at scale, that, that, that that's a deal that you want to do? She's like, yeah. I thought, well, that's proved the market. So I went on godaddy.com. I typed in content removal, content removal.com came up there, $550. I bought removal.com, I chucked a Wix website on there, one pager, boom, 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 with a, with a contact page on there. And then I said to, I, and then I thought, this deal needs to change my life, right? So I presented a deal, and this is this is actionable insight for the audience. I wanted to take away on how I position this deal, because this deal this deal was how you this is how you unlock free into paid. So I positioned a deal with them as you send me the piece of content that you want to remove. So they sent me a list of 12 items. I said, once we've removed five, we'll sign this contract that I'll remove these for free. I'll go and remove them. Once we've removed five, it unlocks this contract at this price. Okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to price content removal and I didn't know how to remove content, but I got (laughs) them to sign the contract to say that once we'd removed five, it unlocked unlocked a deal. I needed a deal at that time that changed my life. You know, Uh, uh, and a life changing deal from, I needed to figure out how to price that deal. So I didn't know how to price it. So I took the mortgage I had left on my house in the UK I added that to what I needed to earn a year and I came to about 132 grand at mm-hmm. the time so I, I wrote down 132 grand contract split it over 12 months it was about 11 11 to a month or whatever it was and I send off this thing they go yep you remove five that unlocks this deal so there I am now I don't know how to remove content but at this time two of my girlmates in the UK were going um, through this that th- they're They'd been exposed by this website and on IB where, where men were going on there. I don't know what, for what reason men would do this, but they were sharing their nudes online in a massive forum. And these girls reached out to me because they know I'm in reputation management and they're saying, how do we solve this problem? I said, don't worry, I've got contentremoval.com, I'll sort it out. <laughs> so I used them and removing their nudes for them as my test case study and then used what I learned for that to remove content for this, this celebrity client that I signed. And then I signed her on 152. 132 grand a year, right? Once I signed that deal, I thought, wow, there's a process to this. So then I signed two in quick succession, inside about another six to eight weeks. I signed another one, another two of the biggest girls in Australia. And inside um, two months, I had a business that was doing over 400,000 Australian dollars a year in revenue from free clients.
1: <sighs> wow, 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 wow. Okay, where to start? Well done. I love your story. I love talking to people who have moved countries and, you know, to have worked as a tradie and elevated so quickly up the ladder to, and moving that ladder, as you said, to then do what you did. And in a way, when you were in that sales role and you'd worked out that you'd tripled your competition within the business, you'd validated something that you hadn't even recognized yet, right? This, this, um, reputation management service you've kind of already validated your business and then to start a business content removal.com and not even know what you're doing it takes a huge amount of grit and confidence and to actually then go and get a result when you don't know how to do it what made you push through that fear and anxiety I, I, because
0: I, 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 I can tell you honestly when i it, it when i came to Australia, right, I. I had $6,000, a pair of boxing gloves, a pair of boxing boots and a, and a bag of clothes and a dream, like a real dream. I wanted it to change my life and it changed my absolute life. The hardest thing for me was as I was working my way through Australia, it was like, you imagine, right? I'm, a, I'm an English lad, I can talk, I can do all this, 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 this whatever, but I'm, I'm walking around like Aussie lads are, 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 that I was seeing in the street and Aussie girls, like 18, 20 year olds, they're driving G wagons, they've got all the money, they've got this. I've not seen that. You know, what I'm saying, like, I'm like, wow, like, how could you imagine as a young British man who's confident in himself, been around boxing all his life, he's 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 basically broke. Yeah, he turns up in a country with an abundance of beautiful women, but they can't they they you can't obtain a beautiful woman if you've got no cash there because you you've got you've got old mate over here with a comb over. He might have no chap, but he's got a G Wagon. Do you know what I'm saying? Like mm. this, so this kind of inspired me to like oh, there's levels to this game. I have to level up my life in all areas of my life to be the man that I want to be, to to have the woman I want in my life, to have the lifestyle that I want in my life and everything. And it just that's what drove me. I was an immigrant in your in your country, so to speak. Obviously you've lived there a long longer than me, but I was an immigrant in Australia and I took that immigrant mentality and it drove me to to want to to live the life. Not for the not for the materialistic stuff. I just wanted the ability to be able to do what the materialistic fuckers I saw every day doing. I, love I didn't, didn't want to do. I didn't want to do it, but I was like, I want the ability to do it.
1: Yeah, I love the immigrant mentality. Obviously, being immigrants, I was a four when I left, but I saw it my whole life from my dad and um, that that just fighting for equality in a way, especially if you you have to pay to leave or. or you feel disadvantaged because of the money situation in terms of moving anyway but coming back to to fighting for what you believe in it, you display this huge amount of self-worth i see a lot of business owners that really struggle to know their worth and value and I really admire the respect that you have for yourself, the belief that you have for yourself that you can actually sell something that doesn't exist that you don't actually know how to do. I think a lot of businesses start, I mine my first one as well, something similar selling something that I had to work out later and you kind of learn as you go, but um, you really display that with, with content removal.com and what I'd love to hear is the growth. You'd, you'd cracked almost half a million dollars in its first year, 400,000 of revenue and you, were, you went from a face-to-face, in-person selling model, plus obviously the same model for the gym, now into an online business where it's quite discreet and exclusive. So you actually lost the ability or didn't have the opportunity to build a business based off necessarily word of mouth and referrals, because you keep it in a close-knit, undercover community. You're not even necessarily going to get testimonials. You're not going to get A-list celebrity saying, he took down my nudes, so how did you grow that business? Was it the art of in-person selling all over again?
0: So I, I sold a lot over the phone and a lot over Zoom calls and fa- and, and face-to-face like that. I'm, I've been to quite a number of face-to-face meetings with with people like that, but... it's a difficult one you've got to you've got to do cold outreach well i think i think every business needs to always be cold outreaching you should never just rely on paid like like if i had relied on google ads or facebook to build my business i wouldn't have one you know what i'm saying like there's no i'm not signing 132 grand a year deals on the back of facebook ads or google ads that's not where your clients are i i research who's got a problem online and i reach out to them directly and i'll say something along the lines of look i know how it must feel." to to be targeted like this online because I I deal with clients like this all the time and and this is how I can help you and here's I tell you what I'm just going to help you first I'm going to remove some content for you here have this if you want me to repeat that for you I'll repeat it for you so I always I always use free to unlock clients of high value do you understand not where a lot of people are going out to the marketplace and they're trying to give free shit to poor people or people that can't pay you for your product anyway so the, the free model works if you select your clients to give free to clients that you know can afford your services after you've given free and you position it as an unlock. So you contract it. So you say, hey, we'll do this for free for you. But if, if we do this, we, it unlocks this. And it's like you you are giving. But even even if like say there was a celebrity online and she's dealing with nudes online, we I wouldn't even use an unlock on that. I would just say, look, here, we've removed it for you because that good grace but I've done that good grace with a woman that I know is going to need me down the track anyway. So it's 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 like knowing when it comes to business, I think it's knowing what you're going after and how you can serve the world, but also knowing what model gets the best result. And for me, in this business model, and and like you say, with the discreet nature of what we do, and we're not just removing news, we're removing all kinds of issues, copyright, trademark infringements, all this other stuff, search results, news articles, whatever, whatever. But it's like it it's cold outreach, you know.
1: Yeah, too many business owners take that for granted or underestimate the value of that when getting started. The reality is, like I've always said, when you start a business, you've got to reach out to your network or you find a network and you've got a duplicatable business model, right, where you find your market, identify the problem, reach out to them and provide a solution, and do it for free and then obviously build trust and then serve them the serve them the offer when it's needed. And too many people are trying to skip that phase and you've built the online business that allows you to have this freedom as a PT that has transitioned into something else. There's still a lot of PTs that are stuck just trying to crack the online space because they want what you've got now, which is this freedom and passion, but they're too busy obsessing over over the wrong model. They've essentially got the ladder up the wrong wall. I'm wondering what you get from your business now. What sort of meaning and fulfillment do you get from ContentRemoval.com that you didn't get from, working in the fitness space the the the
0: only the only thing i get like com is a boring business it's a boring business it's hard it's not easily just to go out and start one because at the end of the day you've got to spend years learning what i've known you've got to spend years learning what i know and what i've systemized and what i've processed and everything else and you can't go on the same journey that i've been on but it's a very boring business the way what gives it meaning to me is the fact that i look after clients that i become friends with that you know, become close, close to me, like it's, it's a very relationship business. I work, I, I, and I value the relationships, what I build with my podcast, what I build with everything I do is all about relationships, you know, even, even like I'll try and help you as much as possible where, where you're struggling. If you tell me you're struggling there, I'll think about it for a few seconds and I'll have a solution for how you can pivot that and that and that, put that together and that goes like that. And that's what, that's what I do. That's what I do with contentremoval.com. It's what I try and do with my podcast where I help people break patterns in their life. It's what I try and do with my friends. It's like everything is based upon relationships and communication with other people. And that's my strongest asset and I lean into that. So that's where I get every, all my purpose comes from communication.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting because you've been in different boats, but you've finally sort of gotten to where you want to be by the sounds of things, which is communicating. And it's really interesting that you see you've now created this platform with the Frankie Lee podcast. And I want to talk to that because I've got a lot of clients who want to start a podcast and they're so scared and you've built this business, which is kind of like a cash cow for your life. And the podcast is the vessel for you to kind of fulfill that purpose, which is for you to communicate a message. And and what I've identified that your growth, you attribute to your habits and patterns like reading books and your mindset and all the rest. So your Frankie Lee podcast is dedicated to helping people break patterns. Tell me, what made you start the podcast? What what, what were you wanting to talk about? Who was it for?
0: Yeah, so I realized back in 2019 that I had, I'd come back to England because I thought I was going to quit Australia. I was earning money online, decent money. I was living by the beach. I had the lifestyle. I had the car. I was going to the gym all the time. Everything – looked great but inside I was like I felt a little bit empty with what I was doing and I came back to the UK and I sat in the UK and I was trying to journal about what it what it what do I want what do I want for my life um because I think it's important before you find out or find out whether you want to start a podcast or whether you start whatever you're going to start I think it's more important that you get to know yourself first so I sat there with a journal and I, I knew writing things down was a great way for me to work things out and to meditate so I was I was writing this journal like you know my what I thought my best assets were and I figured that my best asset that I had from what I could see was communication was speaking this and the other and I'd always had this vision for this um then I put this vision of mine for the podcast next to my best asset why do I tell you that first to caveat this because I think a lot of people are going out there trying to start a podcast or trying to start something, trying to start this. But they may be a better, they may communicate better through writing than they do through, through speaking. So it's like, well, pick your medium that you communicate best for in order for you. Mm-hmm. So I'm sat here in England and, and I'm stressing about what I want. And then I, before I started this podcast, and before I went on this whole, this whole pivot, I first, before anything else, I, I, I wanted to set a why statement. So that it had a core reason. Most people that start podcasts or most people that lean into anything, they don't have a a why for doing it, which is why it falls over. Which is why when you go through the hard times and the the times where you get hit in the face and you want to give up, you can't get through that time because you never had no why and you never started. You never knew the reason you were starting in the first place. Mm -hmm. So my why statement before I even set before I even recorded a piece of content was to help people break patterns and flip perspectives in their life. So that they can have more clarity, more direction, and more success in whatever they're doing. When you got a powerful "why" statement like that, it's it's easy for it was easy for me to then put my voice to it. So when I laid down that first uh, piece of audio that was associated with the podcast in that spare room over there in that other house down the road, it back in 2019, I just knew then. I was like, "Wow, that's that's pa- that is powerful." So. I, I'd unlocked another level because I realized when you put a why statement behind, behind, the, behind your best asset that you have, which I believe to, in mine is communication, when you, put your, when you put that behind the voice, behind everything else, it just it's all in alignment and now you're working in true alignment and when you work in true alignment, what happens? You get lit up from the inside out and other people don't just listen to my podcast, they feel it and that's very important. You cannot teach feeling in podcasting and not many podcasters can recreate the feeling because when I speak, you feel like I'm talking to you because I am because that's was designed from the start because that's the feeling I put to the podcast. Right. Mm. So th- that that is very important that, that you have that kind of feeling in anything that you pursue in life in anything. If, it, if it's if it's not purposeful it's, and it's not under the right why statement, you are putting your ladder against the wrong wall and you're pissing up the wrong tree.
1: That's so powerful. I love that. And a lot of people start podcasts as an easy way to make content. I see it. I advise it. You know, if you've if your time poor, want to make 40 reels,
0: for, record. A, they say Ex- if you want to make reels, record a forty minute conversation, cut it up. You got content. That's exactly. what exactly that's what everyone says. But the, but but it doesn't mean the reels are any good. It doesn't mean the content's any good. It, it you didn't align the modality of making the content. There wasn't any per. The, the only purpose behind it was the outcome. The podcast, I create the podcast not for the outcome. I enjoy the rep. Not the outcome. Yeah. When you can fall in love with the rep, whether it gets one download or whether it gets a thousand download, when you when you know that you're putting out your best voice to the world, you're putting your best foot forward in order to help and serve other people. When you are that guided and that aligned, the people will feel it. They will tune into you. They'll listen to you. They will they will get on board with your podcast. They will they'll they'll embody what you embody, and they will and you will build a raving fan base predicated on that. But when you just try and podcast for content, for reels, for this, for that, you are. Are not going to be able to outwork someone who's on purpose. Mm. Never. So you're never, you, you are just going to be left with another job now that creates more content when we don't need, the world doesn't need more content. The world, the world needs more purpose.
1: Yeah. Wow. I love that. And you've really done well with it. You've scaled it. You've, you've got 20,000 downloads weekly. You're on multiple platforms. You've had huge guests internationally. How did you get, from your first episode to where you are now, if you had to list what you did,
0: give th- us a rundown. I, I, I think I think weekly, if you're looking at download numbers across Apple, Spotify, and YouTube as well on long form content, we're probably at like 60,000 a week. Wow! Uh, so it's it, it's pretty good. And i've I've been as as been of you know in some weeks I've done as much as hundred k a week, which is great, fantastic. But the but seeing the thousands of lives that transform on the back of that content uh, and. And knowing that I've got to the 0.5% in, in the world, I'm actually in my hardest time of podcasting right now, right? Because I'm at the point where I'm like, oh man, I'll just, what have I got to do to break through? Because I'm because that's how I feel right now. I feel like there's a, there's a whole new level that I need to scale to, that I need to get to. And I'm just trying to look for the key that unlocks the door. Mm-hmm. And when you feel like this, but it's purposeful, you don't quit. You just, you just, you just find that you can just keep searching for the key that's going to unlock the door to the new level you need to go to. However, if you started this podcast because you wanted to make Reels content, you've quit before episode 20 because it wasn't purposeful to you. There's no alignment there. So that, that's, that's how I've done it. So like I, 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 I've, I've scaled over four, four and a bit years, four, probably not nearly four and a half years to this point. I've put a rep out, a podcast out every week. I don't care whether the analytics is going up, down, left, right, whatever. I just do it because the rep is what counts. Because I I put all my um, value and everything else into the rep, not into the outcome of the rep. So when I go into the gym and I'm doing curls, I'm putting intensity into the curl. I'm not worried about how big the bicep is on the back end of it. I'm not worried about that. The bicep does what it does. If I put the right nutrition into the bicep, uh, into the body, the body grows how it grows. All I can control is is what I put, well, the only things I can control is what nutrition I put into my body, what, how many days a week I train and the intensity I train at, and the volume I lift at, right? From a physical point of view. So I'm going to focus there then. I'm not going to focus on the outcome in the mirror. The outcome in the mirror will go wherever it goes. It does whatever it does, but I'll focus on the inputs. And too many people are just focusing on, I make this content. I get 40 reels now. And those 40 reels can, and they get disappointed in how many views they mm. get on social media. Why do you think the views are, why do you think the views are so low? But the views are so low because the purpose going into it was just all wrong. Like everything was wrong. You feel shit. You've created content. You know, is not your best work. Mm-hmm. Everything's out of alignment. And, and, and like i said before you feel shit so mm. it's like br- bring it back to yourself who you are let's discover who you are first let's let's look inward let's let's pause on everything we're doing and just go what do i feel are my best assets mm. what are the list of what am i best at where's my attention going if you want to find your passion and your purpose look where your attention's going and, it, and that doesn't mean that if you, if you go through your Google search history or YouTube search history, that doesn't mean that just because you search golf and you watch golf all the time that you have to be a top professional golfer. That means you could start an e-commerce brand that sells golf merch to left-handed golfers that, makes, that make vast amounts of cash. It's still in a line with your passion and your purpose. I'm just showing you how you can find it. You see what I'm saying? There's, people are asking the wrong questions and then wondering why they're barking up the wrong tree.
1: Starting a podcast is like starting a business. And from what you've just said, look at where your attention's going. You know, I always say in business, when you're building a brand, what are your core values? And when you work with a customer base, who aligns with those core values? And you've really done that. You've interviewed some amazing people all in the industry or in the space. They don't really stray too far from your core values. And I can say that because I know you. So, what would you say would be the core values of the Frankie Lee podcast? I know, obviously, I, I, I can identify as, a, as your market being growth um, and, and, or being growth-minded and devoted to the cause, but what, would, what do you want the Frankie Lee podcast to be known for?
0: I, don't, I want it to be known as a podcast that you don't just listen to, you feel it on every level of yourself because that's how, you, you, can't trans, you can't transform anybody if they can't feel what you're saying. When I say something to you and and you have the aha moments that i've seen you have in your life, why are you having those aha moments because mm. you feel what i'm saying to you and the way it's communicated you feel that right? other people might feel what my what my uh guest is says that's because of the way I ask a question to get the feeling out of the guest so the guest can articulate the feeling because I need them to artic- articulate the feeling so that, so that you can understand it on the end of it, right? Not many people are doing podcasting the way that I do it and not many people could recreate it because they don't have the why statement that aligns them to even recreate it. So podcasting is a very individual game. Can any one of you start a podcast? Absolutely go for your life. But should you start a podcast? 99% of you that listen to this should not have a podcast. It's not your best medium of communication. It's not the, it's not the thing that's going to light you up. It's not something you could do every day for the rest of your life and never take a day off. It's, if it's not that to you, then forget about it. But you have the opportunity now to find whatever that is for you. And I encourage you to find it as soon as possible.
1: Mm, Just because it's a trendy medium doesn't mean it is for you. And that's, super important people don't like doing if you don't like doing something it shines through if you love it it shines through and you obviously love it and you said one word that hit home to me which is transformative you want your podcast experience to be transformative you start an episode a version of you and by time you get to the end of it you are different or you've transformed a thought or a state of being your energy is higher and it's just like an online coaching experience or anything from start to end right your episodes are obviously just a bit shorter than a, than a program but that then makes me think if that was your core driving factor that that transformative feeling break patterns to transform into whatever and wherever you want to go you've obviously then chosen guests that embody or resemble transform like being being that being transformative how did you get guests on your podcast how did you get your first guest and then how did you scale to so, getting kayla etsenes so,
0: so kayla well kayla etsenes is a good friend of mine um you know we've had a relationship in terms of friendship for for many years now um and i i started with my my personal trainer george because I needed to get out the gate. I started, I did a couple of, I did the first podcast to put down was called my 2020 vision, which I launched in 2019 as, as my 20, my vision for 2020 did a second episode. um, And, and then there was between the first episode and the second episode, there's a bit of a gap. And then, and then I put a second episode down. There's a bit of a gap and uh, probably about six months. And then in 2020, um, you'll see the date from about episode three I, I started having guests on and that's I think from COVID from COVID when COVID when COVID came through Australia and I was back in Australia i just come back got my residency and then I started to started to spin from there but you don't start like people see like you know I've had Adrian Portelli on, I've had Keller Edcinez on I've had the founder of Reebok on I've had um, many CEOs of big brands on there you know and, and you know the Ryan Terry's of the fitness world the James Smith's the Matt Sears, the you know all, all these all these phenomenal people have a look through the guest list, but you don't start there. You know, you have to do the reps and uh, just, just it's not about people look at where podcasts are or where anyone is. in. And this is the comparison theory thing we were talking about earlier off the podcast. It's like, I can look at where Stephen Bartlett is or where Chris Williamson is, but it's not reflective of, of my journey. So it's pointless. It's pointless point in the direction and looking there because you can't, you can't gain anything from it. You have to start where you are with what you have You just have to do what you can with what you've got in the time that you're in and just put your best foot forward. And once you've decided you're going to do something and once you've positioned yourself to know that that's what you're meant to be doing because you know who you are and you've done the why, you've asked yourself why you're doing it five times and gone why, 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 why. And once once you know you're in alignment, the pursuit is pursue doing the reps of whatever you're trying to achieve, whether that's a podcast, whether that's this, whether that's that, pursue it. And when you pursue the reps, you get better and better and better. And that's that's how I've scaled guests. And back to your question, that's how I've scaled guests. So I started a George and then I built it up and I built it up. And then and then I had a breakthrough and I and I was training in the gym with um Ellie Gonzalez. Ellie Gonzalez. So I've got Eli Gonzalez on. I was training in the gym with Brooklyn Kelly, so I got Brooklyn Kelly on, and then I got, um, then I got Mitch Orville on, and then that opened me up to get Davy Fogarty on early days, and then I then I, I used that and I got and I got the High Smile Boys on, and I got Lester Javalona on because I was helping him with some other stuff, and then I you know I just pivot, 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 and get and got people to introduce me to people and building my network and doing this and doing that, and is it's a constant evolvement of self. It's like I'm the question I'm asking myself at the minute is this right? Who does Frankie Lee have to become in order to get to the zero point one percent of podcasting? Who does he have to become? Who do I have to evolve to be? If because I'm in the top zero point five percent, but I want to be the top zero point one percent, so I have to fully reinvent myself. Maybe I have to reinvent the way I dress. Maybe I have to reinvent the way I present myself. Maybe I have to um, change my location. Maybe I have to do this. All these questions have to be asked. But when it comes to starting anything, or it comes to booking guests or this that and the other, what what you asked me before, it's like just put your best foot forward, do the best you can in the time you're in and just keep elevating, keep elevating little by little by little by little. And the only thing that's going to stop me getting to the top of the podcasting game, the only thing is if I stop, right? If I stop, I stop myself. No one else stops me. There's no one else in the world that can stop me going where I'm going. But the only one that can choose to stop that trajectory is me. And if I quit on myself and I've got no quit in me and I want everyone that listens to this podcast to to listen to what I've just said there. I want you... Yes, you listen to this right now to have no quit in you when you decide that you want to lead your ladder against the right wall, then have no quit in you. And as long as you don't stop the reps from that point on, you can't not have a form, a form of success in this world.
1: Oh, I love that. I love your energy. If I could bottle it and sell it or just give it to the people who need it, I know they would benefit so much from it. And I guess that is exactly what you do with the Frankie Lee podcast, but you're showing the same tenacity, the same values that took you from the gym to the sales role, the sales role to content removal. You're showing that in the podcast. It's this self-worth, self-belief and self-confidence. And it's, I'm I'm so proud of you to say that, that you have that because it's something that a lot of people start, are stuck with. I think they have this imposter syndrome that um, stops them from getting, getting moving or making progress.
0: Do you know what the difference is between self-belief and confidence?
1: Evidence?
0: No, there's this is this this I think this will help a lot of people out there that need this right today. You see, when I was in boxing, I was I came back to the corner in round two and I'm sat there and he said, the coach, my coach said to me, What are you doing? I said, I'm um, boxing. He says, No, no. He says, you, you're, you're, you're trying to look, look confident, but you need in, in, a, in a self-belief. And then the round goes on and I get back to boxing and da, 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 whatever happens, happens. I come out of the ring and I'm sat on the side of the canvas. And he said to me, do you know the difference between self-belief and confidence, Frankie? And I went, no, what's the, what's the, what's the difference between self-belief and confidence? He goes, it says confidence is exterior. It's a sheet, it's a sheet, it's a mirror in front of you. If you box on confidence right? When someone hits the glass in the right place, the glass shatters, the confidence is gone. If you box from an inner knowing of self-belief, you can ride that. Even when you're laying on your back on the floor and you don't know what you've been hit with, you can ride that and you can get up and you can move forward because the self-belief is in you at a core level. It's not exterior. Most people on this planet go through life predicated on confidence. When the true art and the true meaning of life is to develop an inner self belief within mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. and that is the difference.
1: I love that. I love that, and I'd love to dive into that further. I'm sure that's you know how does one strengthen their self belief? I mean, it's it's really through that self respect, the rituals and the practices that make you
0: you. It's, it's getting to know yourself. It literally is getting to know yourself. Like all all part. See people people think business and life are separate they're not Mm. business life your sport your training it's all the same thing but people try and divorce them from each other and try and make them separate entities no you will do better in business by having a self-belief in what you're doing you'll do better in the gym by having a self-belief in how you're training you'll do better in life and in relationships by having a deep inner knowing of who you are so if that is the truth then and you agree with me on that statement wouldn't it be worth the time that you take where you sit and journal, where you sit and meditate, where you sit and and, and you take gratitude for what you actually have right now? Wouldn't it be great then if, if we know all that to look inward for the answers rather than to look into our exterior environment? So maybe then it isn't, you don't need to start another business. Maybe you don't need to start another podcast. Maybe you don't need to start anything. Maybe today you just take the time to go inward and ask yourself questions that are fucking hard. Ask yourself questions that, you know, may bring tears to your eyes because they're so invasive and you've never been that invasive on yourself before. But the answers and the wisdom and the and the de- the depth that comes from that, that gives you your self-belief because now you truly know who you are. And if you truly know who you are in these areas of your life that are the most difficult to you, You can build anything and what you build will be the most purposeful building. So you're not, you're no longer building businesses or building your sport or building your confidence on sand anymore. You start to build it on solid foundation and that's what business, that's what life, that's what success, that's what everything is. It's like align what you should be doing with with your exterior world. Stop trying to align the exterior world with what you think you should be doing and not even know yourself at the back of it because that's why people get, vast amounts of wealth that's why people achieve all forms of success and feel like they're empty because you've never really took that inward step and looked look within yourself
1: so powerful it it's an integration it's work-life integration it's you lose yourself to trying to find balance when you're trying to split the pie and say business health personal relationships hobbies the family life
0: it's the whole
1: yeah it's this into I, I really believe it's this integrated approach and when you live a life of alignment then everything starts to grow with that and
0: if you look at your business so you look at my business or you look at anyone's business your business should serve two two key objectives one it should serve you in your life and how you want to live it right and it should serve your client some value as well obviously to be able to sell to be a saleable asset yeah so there's, there's two key stakeholders it needs to serve there, right? The problem is most businesses serve other people but don't serve the owner. So they've built a business then that just traps them in equivalent to a job or something that destroys their soul. And then and then all of a sudden they're wondering, oh, hell, I live in Australia but I never get to see the beach. Oh, I'm, I, 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 I live in England but I never get to visit London. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you've just... That's the whole problem. You've got to design it from the inside out because then your exterior life reflects what you want internally.
1: Mm -hmm. It's that purpose led. So you have a purpose led podcast and I want to take it back to that because that's why people listen to podcasts. They listen to learn. They do listen to transform. I love that you've said it so clearly. There it is again, your art of communication to take a person on a journey in 40 minutes or an hour or whatever it is from start to finish. It's a transformative experience. How do you ask questions? Just tell me, it's something like in, in the in the podcast that I have that people listen to. I don't interview often enough, and I want to. I feel this myself because you know we're friends; we have a great chat. And then as soon as the cameras are rolling and the microphones on, I'm kind of like, "Oh my god, pay attention! Remember how to structure it. Come back to it. Have a good flow. You don't want it to sound rigid." And I have got clients, so I give this advice to 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 get them to ask questions, or, or sorry, to encourage them to get guests on and ask questions. You have a really nice flow with your podcast, and what I've heard, it's conversational, but it always leads to the next question. It's not like bang, bang, bang interview style that's quite rigid. How do you do that? What's your what are your, what are your top five tips for question asking?
0: I would I would get your your key focus is this right? You can ask the best first question in the world. You can ask the best one that's ever been asked, but if your follow up question once once the guest has articulated themselves, doesn't dive deeper into the topic or doesn't unlock a new level of self. And you, you're trying to get, the, I'm, I'm essentially trying to get the guest to answer the question in the way that they pre-rehearse that they would answer the question. They pre-rehearse that. And then I'm trying to dive into the, now I'm trying to get into the weeds and trying to understand them. And I'm trying to ask the, the follow-up question that I ask, unlocks the door to themselves that they've never even thought about articulating. And when they articulate that piece, that piece is now the truth. That is the bit that people feel in the audience, right? Not many people can ask the second question. The first question is normally shit. But the second question is normally non-existent. Most people that have podcasts, if you listen to the most of the market, 90% of the market is this. How did you do this, Jenna? And they'll go, and then they go, okay. And then they go, next question. That's the difference. That's the difference. Because... So, you, so, so, and I would say something along the lines of So, Jenna, you said you did this, right? So, obviously, when you're, what were you feeling when you did that? Like, how, how did, was there something that changed in your mind when you, when you unlocked that? Mm. Oh, yeah, cool. Now you've answered it. Now you go a bit deeper. And, and then, you know what I mean? Now I'm unlocking levels within you. That's why. If me and you are having a business conversation off the podcast and you're struggling with something, what am I always doing? I'm asking you a question, you're telling me an answer, and then I I get to your real truth, not the lie that you tell me tell me on the top level. Mm. Because the first thing you always tell me, or the first thing that most people tell me, even on a podcast format, is that is 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 their preordained consciousness to what they think they've done, or or they think their journey's this, or they think they've done that. But, but it's not that. It's never that. It's always below the surface. And I like to dig below the surface and see the truth in the guest, the real truth, and then get the real insights. And that's why the insights that I feel that are delivered on the back end of what I'm doing mean so much to other people and transform other people because we've got to the real truth, not to the bottled up truth. And that's why the, when you see my guest, like, listen, go and listen to the podcast that Kayla did with me. Right. Mm. And then tell me that she spoke the same way on Mark Boris that she spoke on my podcast. Not even the chance. Mm. Why? Because of the depth of questioning and because of the relationship I have with a woman. And because I can actually, I can actually see through all the, all the, all the surface level stuff and get to the, and get to the real truth within her. And that is the ability that you need to curate. But the only way you get, get to curate that is you ask a banging first question and then you follow up with an actual and take an actual interest and insight into the insight that they've just given you and allow them to further articulate, go down that rabbit hole.
1: You listen to respond. You listen. You're an attentive listener. And I would imagine when people are nervous with starting a podcast, you want to prepare right? Everybody kind of has a pre-rehearsed script when they are in to do something that they're new to. So questions, for example, I've been on many podcasts where before you go on the show, you get a brief and you and I are like, what are we talking about today? And we had no plan and we just went through it when we did the episode on your show.
0: I had a, I had a plan. I had a plan, but I don't need to, I, because of the way I do my plan. I'll, I'll do. I'll. I have a plan of attack. But I already know where I want to take that guest. So
1: what is? How do you plan then?
0: I. I. I, I plan by how by f- by feeling what where where I need to take that guest. Like and what value I think that that guest needs to bring to the world that, that I don't think they've shown the world.
1: So it can go completely off topic. Really. I mean, I guess it depends on the purpose no, of the no, podcast no, as well. No. But.
0: No. Because I. Because I fundamentally know or think I know to a certain degree where I where we're going to end up and where we're going to start and where we're going to end up. Mm. But that journey in the middle is a journey of discovery. And you can, I, don't get me wrong, do I write questions down and write things down and write notes? Of course. I even have notes on my phone about what to ask you and that. But very rarely does it go the way that I plan it to go like that. Because you might say something and I'm not listening to ask you the next question. I'm listening to what Jenna is saying so that I can ask her the right question. Mm -hmm. do you understand the difference in that Mm -hmm. it's 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 that's the key to podcasting the key is the asking the right question at that time not asking your follow-up question that you've written on your pad over there there's no there's no benefit in that because that that follow-up question might not relate to what you've just said there's a there's a straight line in sales and there's a straight line in podcasting i know where we're starting with the guest and i know where we're ending that bit in the middle i can always bring it bring it back onto the line but there may be, an, a, like in the podcast that we did with you, right? There were certain things I asked you about around your mother and stuff. You, the podcast was about marketing, but you, but you talked about losing your mum, and that was an, a, a, an emotional point in the podcast. I could have pivoted straight back onto marketing, but I wanted to find out how you, how you felt in that situation because I believe that could transform the audience more than just hearing about marketing, right? Mm. So we went down that rabbit hole and, and and unlocked a new level of self and it made you think about things a lot differently. And then I bring it back online and we go back into, into actionable advice again and we can pivot off the line again. Mm. And that is the straight line of sales. It's a straight line of podcasting. It's a straight line of life. This is life isn't linear. Life isn't a straight line. Life's a lot of series of ups and downs where you go off the track to come back on it. And there's mm. nothing wrong with that. And that's what podcasting is.
1: Yeah. So I think the actionable advice for anybody listening is trust yourself enough to go off the track because you can prepare all you want with these questions that you think are relevant, that the person wants to talk about. But you've again, displayed another L- angle of your life where you've got this self self, worth this self-trust that allows you to actually just be present and have a deeper and more meaningful conversation with somebody. So just trust yourself enough. If you are listening to this, you want to start a podcast. There's a reason that you've picked a guest to come on. There is a, like I wanted you on my podcast. I, I knew people could learn from you. I was particularly fascinated that you transitioned from fitness to something completely else something completely different. You got the online business that everybody yearns for in fitness, but it it actually wasn't.
0: They they think they yearn for it. Yeah,
1: and now you're a content creator and people would think that's cool. That's what I want to do. But what I've seen you do is just constantly choose yourself because you believe you're worth it. And I didn't know how this was going to go either. And I think the the value that that people can really take from this is you have to trust yourself enough to continue – to keep choosing and these people that you choose to come on there's a reason that you pick them in the first place back that let them speak listen and tune in and then maybe pull the parts that you think are relevant
0: to your audience if you listen to Gary Vaynerchuk talk on any podcast he says the same stories over and over again and, them and, do. And, and and a lot of them do and a lot of to- and a lot of the top what people call the top podcast because they get the downloads that are vastly superior to mine are the same monotonous crap mm. which is which is like, monotone semi-popular guy that was on social media has a podcast blows it up is now getting ten thousand downloads a week whatever whatever that's all great but it's the same generic business advice from the same guests with the occasional why and the occasional emotional music whatever whatever Mm. but it's just the same monotonous shit there's no actionable content in it Mm. it's it's absolute bollocks right so because the art of real conversation and actual the, the the true art is taking an interest when you came here today to come onto my podcast, you would have had as a businesswoman and as a as a woman that I know you are prepared, you'd have you'd have thought about, you know, where's it starting and where's it ending and, and kind of run through that in your head. All guests do that. But it didn't go it didn't go to those places that you thought it did because because we, we, we knew we know the start of your journey, we know the end of it at this moment in time, but it's what but the 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 taking the interest in the middle bit and going in, into more depth into what you're going through and how you're feeling and how you've overcome that and what you've done and the little insights there, that's where all the lessons are, where all the learning is, where all the juice is. And that's what actually lights my heart up when I get to bring that to the world, because that's stuff that they wouldn't have heard about you on other podcasts.
1: I think that's what makes a special podcast. Like you can listen to learn and get fast facts in half an hour or even faster these days. But I feel... Most invested when I'm listening to somebody I'm interested in, particularly if they're a guest on somebody else's podcast or I don't know. And that, that person has brought me to this new platform. I feel most moved when somebody says, nobody's ever asked me that before, or I've never shared this before. And all of a sudden you lean in. And it's true. You do tend to start at the top, the tip of the iceberg. But you want to move people to a place where they're sharing something that is unique to you or you brought out that response from them because the reality is if you are having guests on, they are also bringing people to you. You get to leverage their audience. So you want to show their audience a different side of them, not just the same stuff they've always heard.
0: I had a guy called Wayne Lineker on the podcast and... Wayne is known as a party boy. Owns like Ocean Beach and Ibiza. He's known all this and the other. And I just got. I, I everyone always talks about his party boy lifestyle, the women, and all this crap. And I and I went into the depth of who he is and how he came up and is his childhood and, and through through his business journey. And and it's just a completely different conversation to anywhere else that you hear him talk. And that's the reason why on on platforms like TikTok and Instagram that went to millions of people because millions of views on those platforms, which, which led onto the podcast because of the way the conversation wasn't his typical conversation. He wasn't talking. Yeah. He's, and he's, he said to me after the podcast, he's like, "Fucking hell, I was expecting just to talk the same old bollocks, but yeah. like you've, you've just, I actually, actually really think about that.
1: I actually really loved the podcast we did. I think it's one of the best ones I've done. Um, and I would encourage everyone to listen to it with the Frankie Lee podcast. We recorded an episode on his and we've done one on mine now. And I did share a lot about my journey in London. And I, I did talk a lot about recent tr- transformative moments in my life. But having done so many podcasts, which I love to do, people do start the same. Who are you? Where'd you come from? It's a bit of an icebreaker. And then I know as well, depending on who it is, where I start, right? I you, you kind of I kind of pick my starting point. Do I start with divorce or my mom's death or business or do I start with bodybuilding? Depending on who's asked me, you know you can kind of pick your angle and and start to go down these certain paths. But it's very like I can honestly say not many people have taken me down very different paths that I haven't said before. And if your strategy is to grow, of course it is, and reach as many people as you can. and then you want to get my audience onto your platform. My raving fans that will listen to me will only switch if they think they're going to get something that they can't get from me on my platform. Does that make sense? So you are bringing people to your platform by by getting that golden nugget from people.
0: The difference between you and me is the fact of like, you know, maybe I'm... Um, a more masculine energy for this audience and you're the more feminine energy for this audience and that's how and that's how we turn up of of course there's a difference and they can choose about whether they resonate with what I'm saying or and the other if you feel what I'm saying you'll listen to my content if you don't feel what I'm trying to tell you throughout this podcast you might think this podcast I'm is about me talking about my journey no I always always try and relate it back to uh, actionable advice for you in your life because i I don't want to ever take an hour of someone's time and not give them insights into how they can improve. Yeah, And the, if you look at the constant thread throughout this podcast, what am I telling you to do? I'm telling you to look inward. I'm telling you to, 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 to the, the answers lie within your side yourself. I'm not telling you that I've got all your answers. Jenna's not telling you she's got all your answers. And I'm not trying to sell you someone else that tells you in a course, you're going to find all your answers. You don't need it. What you do need is radical honesty. And I hope today is the first day that you'll ever sit with yourself and just assess what you're doing in your life, how you're approaching all areas of it, and ask yourself, is that what I want? Is that taking me to the to the destination that I want to go to? Because if you know that you want to go to one destination and this life that you're leading is taking you in a completely different direction it would be advisable to change course. But the only way you know which course to change and which way to pivot in your business, your life, your, your your workout routine, your health and everything else, the only way you know is by going inside, not outside.
1: Yeah, and also taking action. You were working in the gym as a successful boxing coach, ticking all the boxes. And then you identified that communication was your fulfillment or, or your purpose and you had to start doing things like sales, which is communicating, and the podcast, which is communicating to test and learn if that was your vessel. And a lot of my clients who are coaches, their passion and their why is much bigger than counting reps or, or making meal plans. But they feel like they're not able to add that true value at that level because they have to stay in their lane. But when you're on a podcast, that's a whole new sort of little business. It's a silo. It's a whole new platform for you to share your message. You may be a qualified coach, counting reps and writing meal plans, but your passion is Habit change. And so you dedicate your podcast to like, I don't know, seven minutes to change your habits in a day. Every single day, whatever it is, you can show up as whoever you want to be. It's your own show. And I think that gives people a lot of freedom to be that version of themselves, to build a really loyal, really targeted community. They're no longer driven by a desire led by an aesthetic. You can go straight to the why. You can connect with the why of people who don't need to – get healthy because they're already there they're all they're a much better audience to launch a a business in because they're already go-getters they want they're aligned with you not wanting to be like you
0: a lot of the fitness people that listen to this podcast that are involved in your industry that you've been around for many many years a lot of them will always have been judged They'll, they'll be they'll be you know innately pretty good looking people good bodies jacked um the girls will the Girls, I, know, I already know what the girls' Instagrams will look like. There'll be lots of like comp prep photos, you know, booty shots in the mirror at the gym, all this, that, and the other. The men will be like shirts off, beach shots, this, that, the other. I already know what their Instagram profiles will look like. All I'll say is that a lot of the people that have profiles like this on the internet, when they actually go home at night, and they, they um, I, I had this with a girl that I knew on the Gold Coast, she's very nice girl, but like she puts out that kind of shot because that's what gets the likes on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So she's attached her self worth now to the validation she gets from posting. You know, if she does, if she does that three point turn, pokes out her ass at EMF gym in the Gold Coast, <laughs> she'll get she'll get ten thousand likes on a photo. If she showed someone of her, put uh, a, a video of her doing breath work on the beach, she'll she'll get like a thousand likes. Do you understand the difference? She, but 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 what I'm saying is that's taking you away from your truth. So if someone like that wants to pivot, but they don't feel like they can pivot their existing platform at the moment because it's too much and it's too toxic and it's too, and it's too like polar opposite because they don't want to lose followers or something like that. And that's something that's stopping them. What podcasting or what another medium of communication allows you to do is it allows you to start a fresh start being your true self. And then you can pivot your platform once you've, once you've found your voice in, in the other thing that you start. So that's what I'd encourage a lot of people to do. Is to is to sit down with themselves, do the inward work, figure out their best way of communicate the message that they want to communicate, their best way of communicating it, align that, start it on another platform. If it's and then you can change your social media over time to reflect this new self, but whilst you're building your audience over here in a new medium,
1: it's just like starting a business. You know, you've got the outreach strategy that you had, manual in person outreach. If you want to start that new medium go find the people who have inspired you to become that way yourself and ask them to be the first to come on, collaborate with them, share with them, get in exposure to their audience and then leverage them to get new guests on. And then all of a sudden you're building a new brand, a new identity in the space, but it comes with doing the thing, finding the people and taking action. Really, it's
0: it, when it, i'll take it back to podcasting again generally like as simple as this you might be the fitness competitor that's competing at ifbb level and doing all that stuff and your instagram m- might portray you as the ifbb model and you're attached to that kind of uh ilk of being that kind of ilk of person the same way that i was attached like i said to being the professional boxing trainer the same way it's the same it's the same thing ifbb pro professional boxing trainer same thing online personal trainer professional boxing trainer same thing identity you're, you've attached yourself to an identity when you're in a position like that like I was and like many of you listening to this maybe you can you can sit and and like you figure out you might be passionate about you might from going inward you might think you want to talk about history right well, you could start a history podcast Just because it's just because it's completely pivot and you don't feel like it's necessary, you don't have to promote on that social media, but you can start a history podcast if that's generally what lights you up. Mm. Don't expect to make massive money from it for years and years and years. But if that's what generally lights you up and that's what you feel called to talk about, talk about that because I'd rather have you set up. The 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 uh jenna's history podcast or whatever and talk about things that light you up then hear another podcast of you talking about comp prep when you're not even interested in that anymore just because you wanted to start a podcast i know a
1: personal trainer who started posting history content on his instagram he tried to pivot his identity his name's scott and now he's got a uh deal with netflix and this, to me, was mind-blowing because I remember seeing him starting to talk about history. It obviously cut through the noise on my feed because my feed is not history. But you actually have to live your truth if you want to attract what you want in life. And there's people who are like, I hate when people say that. Live your truth. Okay, fine. Call it whatever you want, but do what you want. Actually yeah, do what you want. Yeah. You know, there's there's this pushback against NLP or people thinking it's woo-woo. Or you, can't, you can't say be authentic or live your truth or – all this anymore. But if I said, you do you, people go, Oh, okay, fine. And especially in the corporate world, I think the social media space and everyone health and fitness is such an aspirational category. I could sit there and be your biggest cheerleader. I could take your energy and bottle it and send it off to all the people listening. And then you actually, I'm learning this being in London because a lot of the people I'm engaging with are working in multinational corporations big banks investing companies where there's tens of thousands of people employed globally they're making billions of dollars and this is the corporate world's so this is actually really the 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 mass market mm. and they then kind of look to people like us who are entrepreneurial they think that we're you know it's a drop in the ocean compared to the money that they're making but a lot of people are still living these lives where they're unconscious and asleep and then you say things like find your truth and live in your truth and dreams come true and they're like please. But I've, I've seen it. I've, I've lived it. You've lived it. When you actually figure out what makes you happy and you just go do that, it comes back to you.
0: Well, it's, 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 it's not just finding out what makes you happy. It's finding the vehicle, the mission that not only makes you happy, but serves the world. Mm. So find what serves you and what serves others. And there's, there's then one that lights up with joy and you can monetize it at some point, some point down the road, you can monetize that some point. Definitely. it's not mine i be day one it might not be day 100 but it might be day 300 but at some point you can monetize it when you go on that and it doesn't have to be your thing right now i didn't go i didn't just go from content removal. I didn't just turn off content removal one day and start the podcast content removal.com's still going now it's still going still got clients still 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 doing what we're doing um I've not monetized the podcast yet or got any time type of that element in it yet so mm. what funds it well content funds it i fund it that's the reason why that is like that is because I know the longer I can delay the gratification of monetization, the bigger I can monetize it in a more profound way that impacts more people. So it's it, you have to be willing to keep the vehicle go. I'm not saying abandon any vehicle that you're in right now. I'm just saying, essentially, throughout this podcast, have the internal conversation with yourself. Be honest. Put it in a journal. And and find out what you're interested in. Find out your best medium of communicating that, and start communicating that to the world.
1: And how can you integrate it again? Right, like one pays the other. It's not about balancing it off or balancing the books. It's it's leveraging to get to to get one to grow versus it, the other. It's
0: about doing whatever you need to do in life to get to the destination that you, that that you know you can get to. Like and just and just find you find the way. Like there's no linear way. The way that I've done the podcast is not a way that any of you listening to this could replicate. So me talking about how I've done it, right, in, in essence, isn't where the juice is. Me talking about the lessons I've learned along the way that I think that could lead you to finding your way is the juice. And that's what I'm trying to give you. I'm trying to give you the... I'm not going to be one of these other podcasters out there that's sitting there telling you how to do it. I'm going to tell you how to find it within yourself so you can replicate it for yourself. Because I know that your journey that you're on right now, as cr- as, cr- as cringy as that sounds, is completely different and will always be different inherently to mine. And it cannot be like Jenna's. Like Jenna's just come out of, uh, you know, 20 days ago, she was in a coma. Like how can I, I'm baffled by that, how you're even being able to be sitting here doing this, but crazy. But how can you plan your journey and my journey are different. So -hmm. how can I, I can't just, I can't just lift the Frankie Lee insights, put it into your Mm -hmm. podcast and it just does the same thing. It just doesn't work like that.
1: Exactly. So the steps are different,
0: but the principles are the same. You want to, you want to get people and you want to listen to podcasts that teach you timeless principles that you can implement in your life. Mm. Timeless principles that you can implement. What, Key insights can they give you that you can implement today to move yourself forward? And, and, I've, and I feel like that's what I've been trying to give you throughout this.
1: And how you do one thing is how you do everything. How you started your first business is how you started this podcast.
0: You Cold outreach. Cold exactly. outreach. And, and when you talk about communication, right, you're talking about communication and you're saying, ah, oh, you know, communication. So communication is a sales guy, communication in the boxing gym. But where was the communication first? right the the communication was at school was was, was was I was communicating with my hands in the boxing ring but when I became a boxing trainer and when I was in the corner with professional fighters that's where my that's where I learned the true art of communication because when you've got 60 seconds with a professional that's just been put down in the third round of a fight and you've got to in, 50, in the first 15 seconds, stop a stem of flow of blood above his eye or below his eye or this and other. You've got to stop the flow of blood. Then you've got 45 seconds to give him instructions, get him off of the stool and back into the, in, back into the fire. I've got 30 seconds to, to give you every reason about why you've should, why you got to step up, and why you've got to be present and why you've got to move different and what you've mm-hmm. got to do. And I've got to give him that instruction. And when when you're under that much pressure to deliver that much information in that short amount of time, you learn a hell of a lot about communication and how to get the best out of people. And that, and I really want that for everyone in your audience that's listening to this. I really just want you to give you every tool that I can give you right now today to get the best out of yourself, to make you move different, to make you fucking float away from this podcast, more energized, more fulfilled, more dialed in with the alignment that you want out of your life and everything else. I just want that for you.
1: I love that. We're very aligned there. That is the energy that I want to bring and wanted to bring to people when I created She's Taking Over. It's a level of confidence. It's a commitment to your cause to to go into any mission, to, uh, to take any task with that energy that you're going to take over it. You're going to dominate it because you know that you can. So thank you so much. For bringing that to the podcast today, where can people find you, Frankie? How can they listen to you and connect with you?
0: So, if you want to listen to the podcast, it's the Frankie Lee podcast on Apple and Spotify. Um, if you search the, the Frankie Lee podcast on YouTube, it's on there as well. Um, you can follow me on, on social media at Frankie Lee on all, all platforms. Um, Thank just, you. just, just, just find me if you want to find me. If I, hopefully I've given you guys some value, I just want you to do me a favor though, if you can just you know, drop, generate a review on this podcast on Apple, you know, hit, hit, you know, drop a one on Spotify, share the content with, with your friends, especially girls, like girls, if you've got a WhatsApp chat with the, with the girls, just, just put this podcast into the girls' ears, for God's sake, just share it about. even if it's not the one that I'm on, do another podcast if you don't like me, but just do something for this girl. She's trying her best and she's sending it on all levels.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for tuning in.